Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so glad you're able to join us uh, this week. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. As usual, we sit around this table in this very new cleaned room that Pastor Tim uh, really, really brought back to life. Um, He's really the Joanna Gaines of the staff. (laughs) And uh, we sit around this table right here, and we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MNBC. Around the table with me, as usual, Scott Slater, Tim Michael and I'm Spencer Snow. Um, We're continuing our discussion through denominations, guys. Um, Are you excited? Um, yeah. Okay, I've heard something through the grapevine. People say, they say, Spencer, you're bringing it on the podcast. You're bringing it. And then, like, it goes over to Tim, and Tim's just like, yeah. Is this your wife? No, this is, this is not my <laughs> wife. This is not my wife. I need to feel some more energy here. You, you know, that's how you live everything. You're just this energy guy. You want us to that's just funny pump you everything up all the time. <laughs> yeah. More energy, more flair. I just think it's funny, yeah, because if if whoever says this lived in our office with us, they'd see at every staff meeting you're yet to say a word over the past 2 years. <laughs> 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 that on Sundays you hide, you try to hide <laughs> yeah. from us. Yeah. This is the one time you bring some energy and we're being hit with the yeah. that we don't. And it probably because me and Scott are tired from bringing it the rest of the week. Yeah, you're right. I'm re- I you're you're right. I'm reserving my, I reserve my energy to serve other people. You know, to be um, honest, I don't have so, a I don't have a lot of energy, Spencer, because of that football game last night. That's what I think our podcast should be on. Okay, Scott, did I you know you, you watch this game? I'm sure. I keep seeing people saying things on Facebook about some game that's happening. About some game, and I was like, sure, that sounds great. Was it the bank Bengals? Did they play? They played uh, two, they days played ago. two days ago. Okay, <laughs> that was yeah, I saw people saying things about the Bengals. Uh, somebody said something about Tom Brady not being in the Super Bowl they or something lost. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, See? So every I'm, game down I, to the wire. I pay attention. Right. But that's not the game we're talking about. You haven't named yet the game we're talking about. It was outstanding. It was it, it was, was insane. It was a show. Um yeah. No, I mean honestly, it was one of those games right last night with the Bills and the Chiefs where you kind of knew Whoever got the coin toss in overtime yeah. was going to win that game because both offenses at the tail end of that game were unstoppable. It was the defenses were horrible, right? And the Bills have like the number one overall defense in the NFL, I yeah. think, right? So, and yeah. Kansas, Kansas City was missing a main defender, and uh, Matthew, Tyron Matthew. Oh yeah, Honey Badger. Yeah, Honey Badger. Truly life changing. It was. It was pretty intense. I mean, it seriously, was it was one of the better football games I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Kind At the of, end, anyway. I mean, it's kind the of the last two minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, because, right, the Bills score. The Bills just scored before, with just under two minutes, I think. And then the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown. And then there's a minute left, and then the Bills go down and score a touchdown. And there's 13 seconds left on the clock. And and Mahomes and the Chiefs have to go. They need they have, to, they're on the 25-yard line. they got to go about 50 yards? About 50 yards. Or not is, even yeah, quite yeah, 50 yeah, 40, yards. 40 or 30 yeah. to get a field goal attempt. Wow. And they do it in two plays. And get right seconds. down there in 13 wow. seconds. Kick all time out. to kick. tie it. Yeah. Awesome. Then go the overtime. Then go the overtime and score a touchdown with right. a great catch by Kelsey. By Kel- a girl's on their team? His last name <laughs> is Kelsey. Oh, 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 my bad. Travis Kelsey. 
He's a huge man with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> a very big, big man. Yes. You wouldn't um, want to mess with. Yeah. That was a, it was an outstanding game. Um, I'm sorry. I hijacked it again. No, that's okay. It's okay. I'm hoping for a 49ers I'm going to continue Bengals my Wordle Super game. Bowl. Scott's probably a Bengals fan because he grew up right around there. He probably doesn't even know where the Bengals are from. They're from Cincinnati. Okay. I know that. They're See? sponsored by Skyline Show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If I, if I cared about pro football, that would be my team. You would be a brokenhearted man for a lot if you're a Bengals fan. But, but they're in the no, I wouldn't now. because I would be eating a lot of Skyline chili. <laughs> supporting my team. This year they have a shot. They have a shot. They have a shot. Good oh, for them. Okay. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun last night. So we now were, let's get to more fun. Baptist, let's get to more I fun. Let's fun uh, with Baptist. Wait a minute. What time did that game start? Probably like eight o'clock, seven o'clock. It started. No, it started at six thirty while we were in church. See, that is why you all want church the evening service to be earlier so that you can go home and watch your football games. That's only one game a year. It's got to be the divisional playoffs. <laughs> most of the games that are in the most of the games that are in the nighttime are at 8:15 8, 8, yeah, starting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On Sunday night football and NBC. And then they probably go to like 1 in the morning. They go to they about go midnight, 11:30. Yeah, that's the Sunday night football. You're game. up till midnight. But that's don't past you dare your start. bedtime. That's past your I bedtime. I don't stay up for that game. Scott, personally. you're up watching Dragon Ball Z till midnight, <laughs> no, okay? No. All right. We were watching Survivor. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Well, you got to survive that too. <laughs> this was it's like a great a, show. Yeah. I had to watch it on my phone last night. The game. You did? Uh, my family hijacked the TV. They did not submit to you. They were watching some cartoon, so I was on my phone watching it. That's horrible. I had my whole family gathered around watching this. Did you? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. I did not. I mean, I didn't get to watch it till like, the yeah, very last. Yeah, it was the fourth quarter I watched. It was, like, the four minutes or five. Like, it was, like, under five minutes left, I think, or mm-hmm. three. Yeah, before we get to watch it. So. Okay, so we're talking today about Baptists. Okay. Um, what do you guys know about Baptists? I've been one my whole life. I know that. Scott? Um, it's kind of, that's a too much of an open-ended question. I mean, from personal experience, what do you know about Baptist? That's a lot. That's still a very open-ended question. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> you should have said that they're correct. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> a lot, but there's like, there's a lot to Baptists. A lot more. I know there's a lot more to Baptists than what people often think. Sure. What do people think? I think. I think people often think that the only Baptists there are are the, like, more modern, um, I don't know how to say this. (laughs) This is going good. Are, like, the modern-day Southern Baptist Convention. Like, if you say Baptist, you just think of the last 30 years of the Southern Baptist Convention, and that is Baptist. I think around here in Monroe, if a lot of people heard the name Baptist, they would think of the people who stand on the street corner and tell everybody they're going to hell. Westboro. The Westboro style because there was a pretty strong Baptist church in Monroe like that and they'd stand at the Custer statue. They'd show up mm. at the Ida Christmas parade oh. with their signs and different things. And so a lot of people who don't know much about Baptists would think, I, I mean, I remember hearing that for me, like, oh, you're Baptist? Mm. Isn't that what Baptists are? It's like, yeah, not, so not if, me, Baptist. <laughs> so, that's, so that's a different question. If you were to ask me, what do I think most people think about Baptists, then that's probably closer to what I would say, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I mean, that would make sense. So, like, there's, I mean, where I'm from, there's a lot of Baptist churches that are like that, too, I guess. You know, they would just assume, like, oh, Baptist, that means angry preaching. Mm. Yeah. Angry preachers. Mm -hmm. That's Baptist. 
I think that's what they might associate. I think all, I think all, one of the things that's interesting is um, we're going to maybe talk about this from a different perspective because obviously we go to a Baptist church. We're pastors in the Baptist tradition, but we it, are Baptists. We are Baptists, but it depends on what region you're even in from what people, because if you're in the yeah. South or the, you know, the middle to Southern part, a lot of times the most, the biggest denomination is going to be Baptists. And oftentimes what I mean, also what that means is the tall steeple downtown churches are going to be the first Baptist church. That's going to be more prestigious than, for instance, if you're in Minnesota or if you're in North Dakota, yeah. Baptists don't have necessarily the same. There's, there's more prestige culturally, or I should, maybe not prestige, but there's more cultural weight that you get in a positive sense, maybe if you're in certain regions of the country compared to other regions of the country where being... Baptist can be interpreted as being just a fundamentalist of sorts or yeah, I would have thought something down, else. I would have thought down south, the farther south you go, when people think Baptist, they would have thought more, um, not the anger, I guess. I, that surprises me that you say that being from the south. I would have thought that down there it would have been, no, they're, you know, those are people who they go to church and they're, they're kind and they do their thing. Um, but here it was seen, I would have thought here maybe it would have been seen more as like, the anger. It's I. It's probably true that there's more positive, but there's both. I mean, there's both kinds of of churches. But that's kind of what I mean when in my original statement is that I know that Baptists. There's a lot more about Baptists than people don't know, because it is such a mixed bag of what you get. But like, just to illustrate what Spencer's talking about, I moved here from Kentucky. In Kentucky, there are over three thousand Southern Baptist churches. In the state of Michigan, there are maybe 300 Southern Yeah, I think Southern there's Baptist 300 churches. and some. Mm-hmm. And so th- it is a huge difference in terms of the way they are perceived um, here, in ter- just in terms of knowing who they are or mm-hmm. what they're doing or yeah. anything. It Most is very people different. around here, they're like, are you, what are you? I'm Baptist. If I were to say I'm Southern Baptist, they're going to be like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> and that's another difference, too, which we won't get on the weeds of everything, but being a Southern Baptist you're a part of a denomination that is the largest Protestant denomination in America. Yeah. Or maybe they don't want to use the word denomination, but grouping of churches. Um, but to be a part, if you're in the North where many churches might be a, there one conservative Northern denomination would be the general association of regular Baptist churches. They broke away from what was the old Northern Baptist convention in like the thirties or so. Um, but they're not, culturally they don't have the numbers that the SBC has so what that creates is an interesting difference where um, whereas in the south SBC churches being a Baptist can actually be something of uh, you have a certain clout but if you're part of the of a smaller Baptist denomination from the north that doesn't have the same numbers or a seminary power or dollar amount there's, there's it's just a different culture whenever you're talking those churches compared to Southern Baptist churches. So there's just a wide swath, I think, of opinions and perspectives on Baptist denominations, depending on where you're at in the country and depending on what the denomination is. And I guess, I mean, Spencer, you'll know more than us because you're the one that's been preparing this material. I I think that, I mean, what we're saying is uh, true of Baptists in this circumstance is true of uh, all the other denominations that we've talked about so far. And generally, I think people are just ignorant of denominations and where they come from, their historical background, the reasons that they exist. 
And so there, there's just as much complication among uh, any other church denomination except for maybe the Catholic Church. Right, um, and, in and that sense. Most people don't think they have a tradition that they're reading the Scripture in. Yeah. They don't think of themselves uh, as receiving a tradition of interpretation. Mm-hmm. We all have a lens of how we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Baptist tradition is one lens. Um, so, yeah. So, as we talk about the Baptist tradition overall, um, <clears throat> right away I want to talk about this fact that, um, and this is stealing from two guys who are Baptists who wrote a book called Baptists in America, Thomas Kidd and uh, Barry Hankins. They both teach at Baylor University, um, which is one of the largest Baptist institutions in the world uh, for universities and things. Not Southern Baptist. Not Southern Baptist. Right. I just, but it's, it's Baptist in general. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, but they are writing uh, this. They say this. In America, Baptists were once the ultimate religious outsiders. The Puritans called them the troublers of churches in all places and banned them from the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1645. Unwilling to submit to official state churches or to baptize infants, Baptists found themselves reviled, fined, and sometimes brutalized by authorities in England and in the American colonies. They continue elsewhere. Uh, This is a different quote, but over time, Baptists have transformed numerically from a beleaguered minority into a Protestant behemoth. And that's specifically talking about in America. But that embattled mentality, the commitment to bearing witness to the gospel, the resistance to forces regarded as hostile to Christ, his word, and his kingdom, those dispositions remain. And then at the very tail end of their book, they say this about Baptists. They said, if we had to pick one characteristic attitude, we might say that Baptists have a record of not kowtowing to authority, even when they are the authority. So they're highlighting the fact that Baptists, on the one hand, we started specifically in America. This is a, a, in a large sense, we're very influenced by our American uh, situation. But Baptists started out as outlaws, and they were outsiders to uh, the religious establishment in New England and elsewhere. Um, but then eventually they grow numerically to where now the SBC is the largest Protestant denomination of churches in in the United States. So we go from being an outsider group with that's an outlaw group to having huge numerical growth. And yet what these authors are highlighting is that this outsider and outlaw mentality has still remained somewhat in the DNA of Baptist churches. Um, In some ways, I think about Baptists as kind of like the Clint Eastwood of Protestants. We kind of have this outsider outlaw mentality that um, even like they say, even when we are the authority or have at least numerically a sizable influence, um, we still have that kind of we're not going to kowtow to people mentality. Um, thoughts about that? I mean, before we go into some of the history, just thinking about, I mean, can you identify or see some of that in the DNA in today's Baptist churches or... I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I know some of where you're wanting to go with this, but I think some of that is actually like a conviction of what it of what it means to be a Baptist. It is a con- is the conviction of who is the authority in the church or of the church, and that's just an outworking of part of that conviction. Is the phrase gets uh, thrown around in Baptist circles, the autonomy of the local church, and that's just an outworking of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it can produce a, um, it definitely has produced a certain, um, mentality, um, 
DNA uh, grouping, which has its strengths. Mm-hmm. That's what and I was about to say. And it has its weaknesses, yeah, just like any deni- denominational exactly. or traditional DNA. I was about to say that. There, there are very good things that have resulted from that mentality, but there are also very bad things. Right, right. Like, you, like we're talking about that it's really a mixed bag. You don't know what you're talking about sometimes when you just say the word mm-hmm. Baptist. Right. And part of the reason is because pretty much all Baptists think that their church is autonomous from yours. You don't control what we do or what we believe, and in some ways, that's a good thing. That's really preserved a, a lot of really good things over time, but it's also created a lot of problems mm-hmm. over Definitely. time as well. Definitely. Okay, Baptists, where do we come from? Real quick, um, the Baptists we're talking about are descended from England. The English Baptist groups come from the 17th century, which would be the 1600s um, in England. So last time we talked about Anglicanism, the Church of England, and that would have been the state church in England, and our the Baptist forefathers, um, forebears would have uh, been Englishmen, would have uh, broken away. The first group that there's there's really two basic groups of Baptists that form, and so right away this is uh, one of the things that's very important. I I personally don't find the word Baptist all that helpful because it doesn't define. There were two specific distinctive types of groups originally that we, that we now throw under the one term of Baptists, but they were totally distinct groups and with distinct beliefs. The first group was called the General Baptists. They were the first group that originated in around 1609. The first church was formed in 1612, um, and so... You see, um, they were people that would have uh, affirmed, for instance, um, uh, an understanding of free will. They would have thought, at least at some level perhaps, that you could fall away from grace, that it was possible. So they, they, some of them at least may have not believed in once saved, always saved, as some people would use that term. Um, they did emphasize liberty of conscience, um, and they also believed, obviously, in believer's baptism. Eventually, they would come to believe in it by immersion as well. But the core idea was that the church is to be made up of believers. And um, interestingly, they were, as a group, they had stronger opposition to congregational singing than did the uh, particular Baptist that we're going to talk about, which is another group of Baptists. So um, you got guys that, these are some names that people were interested, John Smith or Thomas Helwiths or Thomas Grantham. These guys would have been embracing uh, doctrines that would have, a term that people will use as Arminian, which is emphasizing the fact that um, Christ died for all men, and therefore uh, everyone can use their free will whether or not to receive this gift. They have the capacity to believe and receive this gift, and at least at some level, there were some, I guess, I don't know how far you want to take this, but perhaps some people did believe that you could fall away from grace as well. What was um, with the singing part? I don't know. It's interesting that there was, a, the, uh, people probably don't know this, but there was a whole controversy over whether or not it was even appropriate to sing mm-hmm. in the Baptist. We had, a whole, we had a whole controversy about that in the 1600s amongst the particular Baptist churches um, hmm. over whether or not it was even appropriate to do this. Um, and there was, there was, a, it was actually a kind of a vicious fight <laughs> amongst uh, wow. brothers in Christ, um, which is funny because we don't even think that that could even be a battle, but it was. Right. Um, so those are the general Baptists, but then there were the particular Baptists that originated um, in the uh, 1630s later on. 
Um, and these would have been embracing Calvinism. So they would have believed in predestination. They would have believed in uh, the total depravity of man's nature. Um, they would have believed that Christ died in a unique and special way for those who will believe. Um, similarly, like the other Baptists, they believed in liberty of conscience. Um, they believed uh, in believer's baptism by immersion. And they were more open to congregational singing than the, the general Baptists, though, as we've pointed out, there was great controversy over it. The particular Baptists in England came up with two special fa- uh, famous confessions of faith to tell the world what their faith was. And these were called the First London Confession in 1640s, and then the uh, Second London Confession, which uh, is associated with the date of 1689. Now, the S... Now, the SBC is much more within the line of the particular Baptist denominationally and roots from than the general Baptist. But I think it's very important to remind everyone uh, that right from the very beginning, there were two different totally groups that were distinct and separate that, that we now group under the one term of Baptist. And that's why I think it's helpful to say, what kind of Baptist are we talking about? Because even historically, from a historical perspective, it gets kind of confusing because you got people with radically different views of core issues that we kind of today just throw under that blanket term. So it's important to have modifiers or to really distinguish what these groups believed um, and such. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like I said earlier, I think that's true of any denomination that you're talking about. And anybody who's part of a different denomination, whether they be Methodist or Lutheran, or uh, any of the other ones that we've talked about, that's what they would want, is a nuanced conversation about what tradition do I come from, how was that tradition formed. Right. Yeah. So eventually, um, you know, Baptists come to America, on and on. But then we, we think about our own Southern Baptist Convention, um, which has its origins in the particular or the Calvinistic strand of Baptist that um, we're over here. Um, <clears throat> and I've got a thing here, a quote from a, a scholar, I believe this is um, from David Dockery, who is a, uh, a scholar, Baptist guy, um, who points out that the SBC's early leadership was predominantly Calvinistic in its theology. And actually the first confession of faith ever written, I believe, for any Southern Baptist institution is the Abstract of Principles, yeah. mm-hmm. which governs the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah, they it's, still use it today. Yeah, they still use it today. And I believe it may also function at Southeastern uh, Baptist as well at some level. But anyway, the point is, is that is a Calvinistic statement of faith. So showing there's this line of, that's the rough strand that at least back then Mm -hmm. they were identifying with, correct? Yeah. And you're a Southern Baptist student. I am. You're an SBC. Yeah. So you can, you can, uh, vouch for that. Um, and so eventually, anyway, that's, that's where our roots are as a, uh, denomination, uh, particularly as, uh, the SBC, um, and such in our background. There's a lot of other history we could talk about um, with missions, uh, I mean, controversies and everything, but there's only so much you can cover. Um, before we move on just to overall things about Baptists, not their history, do you have any other comments you want to make about history or anything? Tim? No, I had a question, Okay, I guess. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, you got on this chart a couple lines. You have yeah. the European Baptists. You have them splitting off into two. Yeah. Particular Baptist, where did you say they originated from? Same, England? England, yeah. Same thing? Mm-hmm. 
So they weren't with the European Baptists? No, no. Very yeah. different? Yeah. Okay. Different groups. Yeah, the particular Baptists would have been those specific groups. Um, Any connection, though? Between like, the, is this two separate movements that are happening at the same time, and they it just so happens to be working that way, or was there ever any that we know of, like, connection that was taking place? Some of those guys went over. Um, I think John Smith, who was the first general Baptist, eventually kind of joined a Mennonite group um, oh, okay. at some point. I don't even know if he stayed. Um now, the particular Baptist, there were some guys that went over, or at least one guy I think of in the story that went over to the Netherlands and may have been, I don't know if he was baptized or whatever. There was some kind of Mennonite break-off group, I think, that they would talk to. But, but, but these guys really, what is interesting is, and there's another guy, another book that's come out called Orthodox Radicals, and it's about the particular Baptists um, in England. And one of the things I think he talks about is that, because the particular Baptists, they thought of themselves as, um, as as Calvinists who were Congregationalists. That was their and they. But then they added on to that practicing believers' baptism, um, and so they would have really identified strongly with their fellow Calvinistic brothers. Eventually, there became a thing called the three denominations that were talked about, and that was the Presbyterians, the Congregationalists, and the particular or the Baptists. Um, there were these three denominations, and we would have made up eventually groups outside of the Church of England. Um, and then, yeah, there was an association in America called the Philadelphia Baptist Association that was very influential. Um, yeah, and so this is the strand that we find ourselves uh, coming coming from, uh, which is very helpful, I think, to, to know. It's not, so you're just wanting to talk about the history? I was, I mean, there, but I'm, you have any other thoughts? Well, I mean, I was just going to say that, I mean, the reason why there is a Southern Baptist Convention is because of the issue of slavery. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is a part of our history. Yep. Um, There, there was just one Baptist group and the issue, well, and like you said, there's so many historical things that we could get into, but this is the reason the Southern Baptist Convention exists is because the, the Baptist group at the time wasn't willing to send missionaries who were slave owners, and there's a there was a the Baptist churches in the South wanted to be able to send mm-hmm. missionaries who were also slave owners, and so they created the Southern Baptist yes. Convention, and so that's where, you know, why was the SBC created? It wasn't an issue like what you're talking about over what we believe about salvation. It wasn't Good over, um, it wasn't about anything like that. It wasn't about church polity like who has the authority in the church it wasn't even it was about the region but it was really just about the political understanding and convictions of slavery mm-hmm. and that's where our, that's where our convention comes from good point good point yeah it was yeah missions and slavery were really the that was that was that the, was the deciding distinction. that was the only thing at the time that right. distinguished us from the 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 other group of baptists correct it wasn't something else correct good point good what's point. the other group's name I don't remember where they came. I don't remember. Where I think eventually they became known as the Northern Baptist Convention. Uh, well, yeah, there's 1907 Northern Baptist Convention, because before it was the Triennial Convention. I think correct. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, it that was nationwide that. kind of, um, and then eventually the Southern Baptist churches broke away and formed their own convention yeah. to support missions because the, of this. The issue. Triennial the Triennial Convention. The, the purpose of it was for missions. It was the same reason that the Southern Baptist Convention came into existence was the sending of missionaries. That must have been pretty early in our nation's history. 
Because, I mean, if the Southern Baptist uh, thing looks like about 1845. Yeah, 45. I mean, if it, that denomination existed very long at all, that's pretty early. I in think it was like 1814. Yeah, we yeah, were already so in pretty early for a while. Yeah. Well, 1814, yeah, I mean, we're not too old. That was a convention. And, yeah. There were, there were Baptist associations <laughs> sure. before that, like the yeah. Philadelphia But Baptist. I mean, a big thing going on in our country pretty early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Good point, Scott. That's the background of why our, our present denomination is what it is. Um, Which still causes problems today. It does. Our denomination. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, especially <laughs> recently. I mean, obviously, the the Southern Baptist Convention does not hold that con, that conviction right. anymore, and they have publicly made that statement over and over and over again. People have tried changing the name of the Southern Baptist Convention even to try to not reflect that anymore. Um but it's hard, it's hard to make a change that's something that's been around for over 200 years, yeah. or about 200 years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> how are we taking this? you want to talk about Southern Baptists, or are we talking about all of the them The Baptist still? tradition. Still? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what do you want to say Which about? one? <laughs> well, first thing I'm going to say here <laughs> is this, because this is the question. So what makes a Baptist a Baptist? And this is one of the things that's different from... Uh, so, for instance, if we talk about the uh, Reformed tradition, there are actually documents that say what a Reformed church is supposed to be. Now, the question is, there can be denominations that can deviate from those beliefs, but at least on paper, there can be similarities, or at least there should be a standard. The problem with Baptists is, like, as they point out in this uh, Baptist in America book, Baptists have rarely agreed on what makes them distinct and been unified on very little. Um, They write this, they say, but what makes a Baptist a Baptist? As we have seen in this book, Baptists have been unified on very little in their history. In the colonial period, when they shared a common experience as descending outsiders, Baptists still divided along Calvinist and Arminian lines. Today, they appear on all sides and no side of America's ferocious culture wars. As historian Mark Knoll has said, Baptists offer attitudes and dispositions, but not much in the way of distinctive theological, intellectual, or academic positions. As is often said, there is no Baptist church, only Baptist churches. Similarly, there is no Baptist theology, only Baptist theologies. What do you think about that? So Baptists were like non-denom before it was cool. <laughs> that's that's actually a very accurate phrase, that there is no Baptist church, only Baptist churches. That's actually very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, again, you might know better than me. What other denomination out there or church tradition believes on like would adhere only to an idea of believers baptism the the mennonites um the anabaptist tradition um i don't know i'm sure there's others because i mean pentecostalism okay yeah that's what you were looking for yeah no i was just (laughs) curious i mean i i didn't know that they were only exclusively believers baptism in that sense Mm -hmm. because i mean if there is one thing that <clears throat> unite <clears throat> that I would say at least Baptists together, if there is a theological unifier, it would be their view on baptism. That's why they're called Baptists. Well, and, and I think this is what the thing is kind of interesting is there's a th- if if we were to use that as the distinguishing mark of Baptists, we could say everybody that practices infant baptism is the same. But we know that's not the case because you can't lump Catholics and Lutherans and Methodists and Anglicans and Presbyterians together they have very distinctive understandings of salvation and even what baptism is doing. 
Similarly, it would be wrong to simply make the distinguishing mark of Baptist churches believers' baptism because Christian churches, Pentecostal churches, and a Baptist churches all practice yeah. that as well. I so, wasn't saying that was the distinguishing mark. What I was saying is if you ask the question, what unites Baptist churches, what makes a Baptist church distinctively a Baptist church, you can't look at some of those other things that you were talking about, right. but— if it is a Baptist church, they will believe this about baptism. Sure, and that's eventually one of the things we do say here. But yeah, yeah that is one of the things that's just like a... a yeah, and the yeah. other thing I would say is mm-hmm. that it goes back to Baptist churches have, to my knowledge, always been like there is no Baptist church. There are only mm-hmm. Baptist church is. Right. So there is no in, and I don't know if this is the same way for uh, like the other denominations you just mentioned, but in terms of church authority... There is no ascending structure in any Baptist denomination. In theory. In theory, yeah. And so officially on paper, like what you right, were talking right, about. Right. Like so maybe not theory, but like actually on paper. Right. Baptist churches, if you want to say, well, what does every Baptist church have in common? It is the fact that they believe in believer's baptism, not infant right, baptism. Right. Usually by immersion. And then they they believe in the autonomy of the local church. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it. Right. After you get there, right. it's a mixed bag. That's funny you say that because that's kind of what eventually these guys get to. Um, they talk about it's basically believer's baptism, and they may have mentioned uh, the, the autonomy of the church, and then the last thing they say is the willingness to call yourself a Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things that unite Baptists. Yeah. That's why, again, the, the term is so broad. Yeah. It encompasses so many different even, uh, you know, beliefs that I think we have to be so more specific. Um, and so there's all sorts of different titles that you could use um, to describe a Baptist. And oftentimes Baptists have been very big champions also of religious liberty, which I'm a big champion of. I think we yeah. all are. Um, and so that's one thing. So the first thing is Baptists believe that only believers should be members of local churches. So that's one, one standard. This is, this is important, too at least for the original Baptist, the first thing that came first was logically was the believer's church, then believer's baptism. They came to their understanding of baptism because of their understanding of what the church was. They didn't come to their understanding of baptism and then come to their understanding of the church. It's because the church should be consisting of the old term sometimes would be visible saints, people who are professing believers um, and should be members of uh, the local church. That is the first foundational thing for our distinctive understanding of the church. And out of that flows the baptism of professing believers. Typically, in our, at least in the confessions, it's been by immersion. Um, and uh, so that's, that's been the standard way of understanding baptism and its connection to the church. Any thoughts about baptism or church? I think it's important that you make the connection to the understanding of church membership, mm. asking the basic question, who is the church? Who is part of the church? Yeah. Which is interesting because you will find Baptist churches where membership isn't important. <clears throat> yeah. Where it's played down, um, which then goes back against our history, right, of what it means to be to be Baptist and the whole believer's baptism. Uh, but I think, uh, maybe we'll talk about it. I think some of this comes to our, in- our independence as well. I think there's a problem there, one mm-hmm. of the dangers. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that right Let's now. talk about independence because I, I personally don't like that word Okay. when describing Baptist church. And I understand it's used. And I understand what people mean. 
Because one of the things that it connotes is that Baptists, I don't know that the first Baptist thought of it so much as independent. They were, they were right away, it's interesting, the first, at least particular Baptists, they were associational from the get-go, mm-hmm. recognizing that there's this, well, no outs, no, while no one Did else has church authority over us, we have communion with other churches Did they, in the uh, area. There was this impulse. And, and they it, follow creeds? Yes. Yeah. What's a creed? What's a creed? What's a creed and why is it important, Tim? I mean, a creed is a statement, right, that is well thought out and studied, and it's a statement of beliefs, of of what, I go back, I guess, early, like what makes you, what makes a Christian a Christian? Mm -hmm. What do you have to believe to be a Christian, right, that that question? What does it, what does it take? And so creeds then unite because you could say, you could talk to somebody and say, do you, do you agree with this creed? Oh, I do too. Okay. There's some common ground. There's some common ground here, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's multiple creeds. There's a lot of different creeds. So maybe it's like, I believe this creed, this creed, and this creed. Okay. It, it helps you to know kind of where mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. where you stand. I ask that because I think a lot of Baptists today would say we're non-creed. We don't, we don't do creeds. We're independent. Mm-hmm. That's right. where the independence thing comes that you're talking about. I think yeah. this is where right. you're heading. Right. Yeah. Right. That I think the three of us would have a problem with that right. kind of statement. And I think that kind of understanding is really more of a modern um, mm-hmm. uh, insertion mm-hmm. to an understanding of what a Baptist is, which is why mm-hmm. I was emphasizing early on that you need to know your history. Yeah. And yeah, that, like it might be like that now, but that only started happening like 50 years ago. Well, that's why, you know, I mean, I would ridicule non-denom places just because of that. Like, well, I don't know what you are then. I don't know if I can come to your church or mm-hmm. whatever. You're non-denom. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that. But yeah, Baptists, we we fall in that as well. That's that's why to me the, the non-denom thing has always been kind of weird because I'm like, you could just call yourself Baptist probably yeah. <laughs> and be considered Baptist. I think that's honestly how a lot of people view them. Yeah, I do too. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I was there's this uh, book that's a collection of the uh, old minutes of the. This is a nerdy thing, but the Philadelphia Baptist Association, which started in 1707, and one of the things is right. These churches, these early Baptist churches, are wanting to get together to associate, to um, commune together, to work together, um, on and on. But one of the things you'll see in the minutes is if there's a because one of the things they could do is that you could submit a question to the association. If your church was having an issue or you were curious about what the opinion of all the other churches was, you could submit a question to the association. And one of the things they do is whenever they some, like for instance, a question can be submitted. And I've seen in the book where they'll say, look at what our, our confession of faith says. So they were united as an association of churches upon a common doctrinal agreement. And they could actually refer to their church, those other churches and say, look at what we believe. This is what we confessed in our confession chapter, this whatever. Um, so the associations automatically um, Baptist had this associational impulse automatically. That's where I think it might be better to even talk about the, <clears throat> I don't know if I can use the word completeness, but the, the local church has been uh, given all the authority it needs to do what it needs to do, which is preach the word, administer the ordinances, exercise church discipline. But that doesn't mean the local church doesn't need other churches yeah. to commune with and to work with. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the Baptist conviction is that we are autonomous as a church, but we're not alone. Right, right. And we shouldn't act as if we are alone. Right. There is wisdom 
and cooperating with other churches. Mm-hmm. Not and, and I say that word cooperation, not just for missions in, an, in a Southern Baptist convention sense, but cooperating in terms of asking churches for their opinion, mm-hmm. you know, right. looking to them for help when right. we need help, you know, and um, yeah. I actually, I think I, I read on another book one time that some of these old Baptists in England, they would, they would, they thought of just as a local member of a church needs to be joining his local, just as a, an individual Christian should join a local church, so a local church should be a part of an association. They drew the parallels pretty strongly of what that fellowship should look like. And maybe that's something that um, we miss uh, today in some discussions about what makes a Baptist unique. I agree. Um, lastly, one of the things is, is that Baptists have generally supported religious liberty uh, for all people. Um, we've been pretty big on the fact that we like the First Amendment a lot. Um, and a lot of that was because of our history, right? In the yeah, past, we were persecuted. We were persecuted by um, state-established churches. And so we've been in favor of religious liberty for, for all people. Um, do you think that this issue is uh, in the forefront of... Um, Baptist today, or is it is it kind of on the back burner, or what do you think? Um, do Baptists, religious liberty? Yeah, do they think about them and themselves and religious liberty, and that being kind of like a, a very special thing to them as Baptist, or is that something that we don't even really think about much? Um, I hear it quite a bit. I mean, in Southern Baptist life, uh, but it could be because of publications I read. So one of the things in Southern Baptist life is the ERLC which is the uh, ethics, ethics religious liberty, liberty commission. commission i don't know all the history of that i i can't sit here and say it maybe you guys can more than me uh, but one of the one of their purposes i know in founding this was religious liberty to be in the dc area with the government to be standing up for religious liberty and uh, Christian ideals, I guess, as well, and stuff like that. Um, and so, at least as Southern Baptists, we saw it so so important to designate funds, start a whole, what what would be the word, not group or... Commission. A whole commission. Yeah, the commission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they call themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have my own issues with that group, but at least when you say, it, is it still important, I, I would have to say, yes, that we do see that as important. And even I would say locally, like in our own church, when elections start coming up, which uh, is this year, midterm elections, mm-hmm. I say that with a sad a sad uh, tone. Um, but that comes up. And who you're voting for, uh, the different things that you're voting on, uh, religious liberty, I always hear about, even within the within the local church or other pastors, like, man, what is this this could have ramifications down the road, you know, or this person stands for this, and what about religious liberty? we got to be careful of that mm-hmm. and protect that. So mm-hmm. from my point of view, I, I think people still talk about it, and yeah. it's an important thing. Right. I, I would have a different perspective, I guess. Maybe this is just like being in the South and where, like, Southern Baptist life is a lot more, um, is a lot bigger and a lot more prevalent. I, I feel like I've heard a lot of, uh, because it, kind of what we were talking about earlier, how our history, like where we were in history as being persecuted outlaws, we were the ones that were not granted the liberty, mm-hmm. so we cared about it. Yeah. Whereas now, the SBC is the largest denomination, Protestant denomination yeah. in the United States. My experience has actually been, there's when we think of religious liberty, we often think only of ourselves. 
having the liberty. Right. But when it comes to, and actually the ERLC, I think, has been very good. And one of the things they've actually argued for religious liberty for other religious groups, including Muslims, where they would experience persecution in a community Mm. for wanting to build a mosque here Mm -hmm. or do this there. If you're going to argue for religious liberty, you have to argue for it for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, I've actually seen a lot of individual Baptists, not necessarily churches, that don't really seem to be very fair in their desire for religious Mm. liberty. Mm. They want it for themselves and for the Christian tradition, but not for other religious traditions that would maybe be coming into their area. Like, I've mainly seen it with, like, Islam and things like that. Good point, Scott. Yeah, because... and, and part of this, this is rooted, again, in our understanding of, well, in a, in a big, but I mean, at the very least in our understanding of simply what the church is. The church is not um, a uh, everybody within a geographic area, like the old um, established church idea that everybody within a geographic area is within, is, is part of this state-run church. We have this idea that the church is distinct from the state, and its members are not necessarily the same membership in one does not necessarily mean membership in the other. Yeah. And so right away, because we have that understanding of what the church is, therefore that impacts what we think about what society should look like in a sense. Um, so we have been really big proponents of religious liberty for all groups. Yeah. I mean, our, our general, I guess, again, you probably know this better than I do, but I would just say that our general demeanor towards religious liberty has been just from a perspective of, you know, you are not the church, right. you know, governing right. authorities. So stay out of the church. Right. Stay out of all religion. Right. You know, let all religions practice what mm-hmm. they believe mm-hmm. so long as it's, you know, not hurting people, you know. But, yeah. But just stay out of it. Stay out That's of right. Christianity. Stay out of Islam. Stay out right. of Hinduism. Stay out of right. Mormonism. Stay out of it all. Right. And this should give some helpful food for thought as we, we live, of course, in a, in a climate where, Everything is politics, and politics is the only important issue in the news. And <laughs> listening to a, a podcast that um, they, they talk about every once in a while, media coverage of things, but it's fascinating to see even religious stories are only important to the extent that they're political. And so at least that's the way it's reported oftentimes. And I think it's just really important for us as, as Christians in our current situation to remember this principle as Baptists, because this is a cherished principle we have. And as we approach all of those issues, like you said, Scott, with um, other religions, this is something that does impact the way we, we, we act as citizens um, in a sense. Tim, did you have something further to say? I was going to say something and I apologize because maybe you guys were talking about this. I was having to send a text, so I apologize. <laughs> but you were talking about how, right, that we... We want to have religious liberty. It's not about politics. It's not focused on that, right? Is that what you guys were talking about? Kind of? Mm. No. The, say no if the, I'm wrong. Not You're not exactly. going to hurt my feelings. I, not I'm exactly, sorry. but like our focus on religious liberty has essentially always just been Us. because we see you're not just because you're part of our government doesn't necessarily mean or you're a citizen of our country does not mean that you are part of a religious group. And our con, our conviction throughout history seems to be that we want to see a distinction between your citizenship and your church membership. Yeah. And that just means we just want the government to stay out of religion altogether. And there but the only way to do that is to grant religious liberty to all, no matter what their faith tradition is. So my question was going to be this cuz I I feel one of my struggles with our convention is I think we have said that 
but yet we haven't obeyed that. I feel like, like we talked about the ERLC, I think one of the things that we have done, a strategy that we have took upon ourselves as Southern Baptists, is we have found it to be very important to be in the government Right, uh, we want the separation, which I think is how it was intended of church and state. It means the, you, the state, stay out of our church things. But we've almost put it upon ourselves that if you're going to be a good Christian church, not just an individual, but a Christian church, you will then be involved in government, mm-hmm. and you'll be focused on that so much so that we've put this push to where the ERLC isn't just about uh, religion or just even some moral things, but it, it almost became our strategy and our standard to reach people. We have to turn this nation into a religious state, a religious country almost. Like that was our goal. At least that's the sense that I got going to state conventions, going to the national convention, seeing where monies were being directed and stuff. Almost like, I don't know, like we flip-flopped, almost like we lost what our purpose was as Baptists. is like we're fleeing this. We want to have freedom to worship how we want. Kind of how you said, and it needs to be available to all. There was this understanding, and now. Well, I think there's a distinction there. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree because just because we say there needs to be freedom for all, that doesn't mean that we believe that we then, as Baptists, have no right to put our hands on civil matters. I think individual Baptists do. I think I do as a as a Baptist person to go out and do that. I think we start overstepping our bounds a little bit as Baptists when we start to organize as Baptist churches to do this as the church where it becomes this is what the church does. I, I, I'm trying to differentiate between individual Christians and the actual church, what we would call the body of Christ. I know it's hard to differentiate, but I yeah. think you guys know what I mean, right? Um, because I know we run into that here. Shouldn't a missionary church be more proactive in speaking out against dot, 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 whatever it might be? And my response to that would be, yeah, you should be as an individual. Absolutely. You should stand against this. You should stand against this. But when we gather together as the church to worship, that's not the focus here. My job isn't to change America. That's not what we're, that's not what we're trying to do. And I just sometimes think as the Southern Baptist Convention, that becomes our focus. And I just feel uncomfortable with that. I'm all for, again, individual Christians doing that. I just get worried when it becomes the focus of our convention, which, again, isn't the church. It's not the individual local churches, so I guess maybe there's a difference there. I guess I just see a distinction in what you're talking about and a a conviction for religious freedom. Wanting to engage in the political process does not go against the conviction of religious freedom for all groups. Like a desire to impact the political process, yeah, it's not antithetical to religious freedom. Oh, I, I'm I'm not talking about religious freedom. I'm saying where now the Southern Baptist Convention feels the need to make a statement on everything political, everything political, yeah, and it's like, why it are we is. doing this? This isn't what we're supposed to do. And that's why the ERLC is so controversial, right? And why some people don't like it. Yeah, where I would say it may be going too far. You're worrying about things that we don't. Religious liberty, by all means, and I don't even have a problem. Again. Christians taking a stand for what's being taught in the public school. Go do that. You have the right to do that. You know, push for that, whatever, whatever it might be. I don't know if that's the job of the church. That's where I would draw that line for for, for me. And my sure. Struggles. I think the key, yeah, and what you're talking about is the mission of the church. Yes. And what religious, our goal in defending religious liberty is you need to give us space mm-hmm. to do our mission to do as what the we're church, supposed to do, yes. which is the yeah. Great Commission, uh-huh. and the state needs to stay out of that so that way we can 
But about, it, don't you think there's our a great commission? Right? And there's a time where it's like the state probably has the right to look at us and stay, stay out of our business. We let you do your mission. Let us do our mission. Well, there, there is definitely a distinction. Depends on what form of government your state is, I think. If you live in a democracy where you can be part of a church and you're a citizen, then no, that I don't think your state should say that because then you're telling your citizens to stay out of their business. Well, it is their business. You're part of the state. I think what you're no, no, talking— No, 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 no. I'm not saying they tell individual Christians to stay out of the business. I'm saying they're telling the role of the church, the mission of the church— to stay out of their business. Not individuals, but the church. I don't know if I mean you're I don't know how the state perceives the church. So I don't I don't really know how to answer that, I guess. I'm just saying I think it goes has to go both ways. When we when we say, Hey, hey, you stay out of our business. This is the work of the church. This is our mission. You don't need to impact that. I'd say amen to that. But I do think it'd be right for the state to say the same thing to the church. Like this isn't your mission. Individual citizens, again, yes, you go, you vote, be active, do what you want to do. But I think they do have the right to say to the church, that's not your role. You're overstepping your role as the as the church, right? You understand what I'm saying? I do. I think I do. Just like, so for me, I think for all of us as pastors, we have to be careful what we say publicly. And there's times where we have to differentiate. This is Tim speaking versus this is Pastor Tim, Pastor of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, speaking on behalf of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. There's a big difference there. You know, and I guess that's what that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Tim, the citizen, I can go do what I want, and the state shouldn't say, Tim, get out of our business because you're a Christian. No. No. I'm mm-hmm. a citizen here. I have the right to say this or run for this or or fight for this. But I do think at times the state might be able to come to me and say, hey, Tim, as pastor of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, not as citizen Tim, not as individual Tim, but as representative of Monroe Mission Baptist Church, you don't really have the right to do this now. You're yeah. overstepping your bounds. And I, I think it ha- does have to go both ways at times. I think it's a very careful line that we got to well, walk. Well, I think the bigger thing I would I would say is I would, rather than having the, the, the uh, state uh, have the authority to tell that to the church, I would just want to make sure that churches understand they stay, they govern themselves with yeah. staying within their own mission. Sure. Because sure. I really, I mean... Um, I just think that that the, well, I think there is the biblical case though that we do as the church. We as church, we have a specific mission. Yeah. And um, but the the mission of individual Christians is wide in their vocations. Yes, absolutely. The mission of the church is very specific and narrow mm-hmm. as the church, as mm-hmm. the body of Christ. And um, yeah, but we we do support religious liberty for all groups, and that includes really crazy ones. Um, <laughs> I mean, just being real here. Um, so. You know, uh, we we want that because we believe that the gospel of Christ is able to win without the sword. And so that's why we don't use the sword to convert people. We use the word, which is actually more powerful than any physical sword um, to win converts uh, to Christ. And so that's that's because the nature of our mission is word based. We don't believe we need the sword of yeah, the state. Yeah, I guess to, that's a good way to, to put it, because I guess what my worry is sometimes is that we think as Christians, and I know that this is coming from the Baptist side just because I, I feel that as Southern Baptists we do this sometimes, that our strategy is to be in government, and that's what's going to work. And that, that's, I guess, what I'm kind of pushing back. It's sure, like, sure. No, that's not. We don't have the sword. We don't have the, the gavel. Right. 
we right. have the Bible and right. we have how God has set it up for us. Right. That that is what it is. Right. That, I guess that's, that's that's really where I'm trying yeah, to head. Yeah. And and so yeah, that's and that's why we want religious liberty. Yes. Is for the the we want space. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. To do that. To be faithful and that doesn't to give us Lord. freedom to like break the law. No. You know, or do no. whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, and we we haven't talked about the snake handle the snake handling Baptist guys. Um, uh, but I didn't know if I've we, touched a snake before. Uh, yeah, I've handled snakes. Yeah, of course. I don't you, like them. You guys are. I, I hate snakes. Cool. So um, yeah, because is that something you're introducing at youth group, Scott, or uh, sure, snake not? handling? No, there's a couple I kids who should do snakes. that first. <laughs> I think I could name a few. Let's yeah. throw the snakes at them. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of our families has a pet snake. Really? Oh, really? I think Brody Smith has a snake. Really? Yeah. I does he, he does. feed it? I think you may I, be right. I think he does. I think I they may were have looking heard for that. somebody to, to sit it, like to sit for to it feed or it whatever. No, not stuff? Yeah, yeah. And I volunteered, and Alicia said no. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine Scott sitting there watching the show with him with a snake going through his hands. <laughs> hey, man. I, I, had, I caught a garter snake once when I was a kid. Actually, when I was young, I wasn't even in kindergarten yet. I was riding my tricycle around our neighborhood, and... Our, one of our neighbors, I called him Harry Scary, he had killed a copperhead and chopped its head off, and I put it in my tricycle basket and rode it home to show my mom, and she flipped out. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, been handling snakes for many years. Many years, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that we've been fair in this discussion because right. maybe what would have been better, we just don't think through this maybe as good as we should, but to have had somebody like a non-Baptist come in to ask questions to the Baptist because yeah. that's kind of what we've done to the other denominations, you know, and then we're like outsiders picking them apart mm-hmm. or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been fair to bring somebody else in, but we're not trying to be unfair. I just want that to be said. I don't think that's our sure. heart. Sure. Um, I would probably, this is just my nature, I'd probably be more negative towards the Baptist than most other denominations, honestly, because it's my family and it's right. what we right. do, right? We know all of our little dirty secrets and problems. And yeah, uh, I just hope we were somewhat fair to baptists right because up here i mean i was taught i don't know where we're at we're going pretty long it's okay i know i was taught what else they got to do (laughs) (laughs) i know what i was taught was you need to get baptist out of your name as fast as possible if you want your church to work at least up here in the north and we see that most of these uh church plants and stuff do not have baptists in their name Mm -hmm. because it's it that's detrimental uh and and so it's not necessarily a positive view and i always had a different take though i was like i i think we need to make the name good again yeah right let's <laughs> say rephrase that. yeah how's that go? Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that you said that tim because you're right like a lot some of our conversation has been on like the negative parts yeah. of baptism but and i'll be honest i used to think that way but the more i learn about baptist history and not just like what the last 20 years and and my involvement in the Baptist mm-hmm. Church has been mm-hmm. in the Southern Baptist Church in churches, churches, Southern Baptist right. churches, Southern Baptist Scott, churches. Thank you. Mm, boom, <laughs> got it. Yep. <laughs> the more I learn about our history and where we come from, because I used to think Baptists have no heritage. All the heritage is with these other denominations over here. That's not true at all. We actually have a rich history, and B- Baptist churches have done a lot of of yeah. really awesome things that other denominations have not done. Sure. And I'm actually really proud to be part mm-hmm. yeah. of a Baptist tradition yeah. that I'm part of. When you look at these other denominations, I mean, what, like, and we've, I think we've been pretty fair to say, now listen, there's liberal sides of this and there's conservative side. Like we've tried to say that. Yeah. It's the same with us. Yeah. 
I do wish we were a little more creedal, that we had a better statement of, I mean, we have the Baptist faith and message, which is okay. I just wish that was a little more specific to unite us. That would be, I guess, my personal struggle. And the great thing about that, we are able to associate with churches Absolutely. that are. You're right. And we have freedom to do You're that. You're right. Mm-hmm. And that that's what makes it kind of the Baptist faith kind of broad, but uh, all of them are because it's like we want to agree to this here. Yes, we all agree to this, but I also think this. Well, I don't. Okay. <laughs> now what Now what do we do? Right. Right. And you either split or you stay together because you stay on this on this faith. And, and I would think that would be the biggest ridicule I hear about Southern Baptist life is the Baptist faith and message is just so broad. I mean, you could really, it needs to nail some things down a little better. But anyways, my basketball game got canceled. Woohoo! That's what's going on over here. I'm sorry. Not my game, Aubrey's. But so I, all of that I lineup coached, work that you were working yeah. on is now for nothing. Yeah, I coached the 7th and 8th grade team. Now, so. now you can work on your Wordle. I can do my yeah. Can I'm do gonna do that for, for sure. Day. That's one of my favorite things. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, one thing we can say with basketball is right now the, ba- awesome. the Baptists are doing well with Baylor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they won the championship last year. Yeah, and they're really good this year. So, okay. All right. Well, you we'll, know who else is doing well in sports is Liberty. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. They're putting the money out there. Well, for their sports, another Baptist school. I'm a Boys Bulldogs fan. Boys Bulldogs, hey. The Boys Bulldogs. How are they doing this year? No. The You're not a fan, you liar. <laughs> the Boys Bulldogs. I don't even have a t-shirt. Man. Gosh, are they, Scott. This is, how, mean, this is how uninterested in sports I am. My wife, a couple weeks ago, asked permission to go to a friend's house to watch the Alabama football game. Oh, my <laughs> she, gosh. She went to watch. She watched the whole thing. Did uh, she go over there? Yeah, she man did. Card, man yeah, card, she please. was waiting for you to be there. <laughs> she went over and watched the whole game. She Alicia, didn't even. She wasn't oh, even bad. I feel so bad for your wife. She can watch football anytime she wants. She, you guys don't have an antenna. She can look it up online. <laughs> Is that her only sport? No, she likes soccer. I guess she probably doesn't watch a lot of she, soccer, though. But she actually, does she, she really, like other sports? She enjoys, like, we went to a couple of soccer games when we lived in Louisville because they have a, a semi-pro team or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I like going to soccer games. I would actually love going to a football game in real life. I love, I like watching sports in person. Can you imagine going to a football game with Scott? Who hey, has the ball? What I, team is it? What does that dude, mean? I what was, is that guy? In high school, I was part of the Red Zone Rowdies, man. Like, <laughs> I... I'm all about it. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It'd, it'd be full dress. on it'd be full on VBS. Yeah, let me guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, let me I guess. You're be, the guy dressed up in the stands. I, no, I'd be the guy with no shirt on, body paint this everywhere. Guy, this guy to uh, to my right, your left, was leader of his crazies. Really? I won the spirit award. He won. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's not did. true. Yes, did. he did. You are getting on stage for VBS. <laughs> no. You have it in you. It is I am buried a different, inside. I am a di- you know, Scott, when I was a child, His sanctification I process has been working <laughs> as opposed to some in here. <laughs> when I was a child, I thought like a child. Oh, I acted oh, like man. a child. But now that I have matured. Oh, you know what's so need, great about this? You need this? the faith of a child again. You, you know what's so great about this conversation? Everybody turned us off already. Right. This is just for us. This three. is one of the longest episodes I know. we've ever. This done. is just us three talking. No one will ever hear any of this. We could have done this at the beginning, and they would have all heard it. But you all <laughs> talked about a football game. That football game was awesome. It was. It was good. If I were there, I would have been the loudest cheerer. I guarantee you. Probably it. would have been. And complaining for my about, homies. And complaining about the type of nacho cheese they were using. Probably I would too. <laughs> yeah. it, it needs to be nacho cheese. Not but this cheese. needs skyline chili in it. <laughs> no. What's it yeah, doing? where's the? No, they didn't put chili on these nachos. <laughs> 
All right, I'm going to play the music and get us out of here. I'm going to mute you guys. All right, thanks for listening. Take care.